Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. And I'm Joe. We got sort of a fancy cigar in our hands. I don't know why I'm never willing to commit to things like that. <laughs> I guess it's sub- <laughs> well, subjective. It's also it's, subjective. That's yeah. the thing about it. Yeah. According to the price, it's fancy. According to the marketing, it's fancy. We'll hope it lives up to its its press. Yeah. So, so far, it's it's all right. But yeah, tell them what we got. Yeah. Well, and we got to remember what it is, because it's not going to be a cigar. It's not. You know what I mean? That's true. Okay. So, what we have in our hands is the da- uh, the Davidoff Anniversario Short Perfecto, and uh, here's the press on it. It's a medium strength premium cigar. Its delicate delicate Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper expertly surrounds the Dominican binder and filler. So it's all Dominican binder and filler with that Ecuadorian shade wrapper. And uh, if you don't know the name Davidoff, it is sort of well known for being like a super elegant premium cigar. Not necessarily bold, almost has a reputation of being mellow about that. And um, so... Mellow and subtle. Yeah. And uh, and it, as it said, it's medium medium strength. So we're not expecting it to be a powerhouse like some of the others we smoke. And it's smoked. very short. And it's short, too. It's it's a cool-looking Perfecto. I love the way Perfectos look. I also like the idea of getting a blast of wrapper at the beginning mm-hmm. and then a little less as you get to the middle. Yeah, and I then, always like that. Yeah. Always like it. Yeah. I'm, never, I'm never disappointed about that. So uh, so that's always fun. And uh, we've had it lit for maybe five minutes. It's short, so we didn't want to smoke yeah. it for too long before we hopped on the podcast. So you, uh, who's starting? You or me? Well, okay, so... What, as soon as I cut the cigar and put it in my mouth, just test the draw, kind of do a little pre-draw and stuff, I got a lot of spice right right off the bat on my lips even and on my tongue. Mm. So I wasn't sure what kind of what that was going to translate into when I when I lit it, but um, right away, um, it's it's got a sweetness to it, but it's more it's it's a lighter sweetness than like your heavy dark you know dark chocolate or coffee or whatever like that. Um, it seems to be more. I don't even know how to describe it yet, but it's a it's a lighter sweetness. Yeah, um, well, you should retro hail while I talk, I did talk about. Okay, I, did. I thought the retro hail really mm-hmm. really woke it up. Um, but I, same thing for me. Pre draw, I got a little bit of spice. And as soon as Joe said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting that too. And as soon as we lit it, nice little bit of spice, mm-hmm. not too much, just the right amount, yeah, not too much. And uh, I would call it a, a woody sweetness. This is, yeah. I think this, and I would expect that from a. It's all Dominican except for the. Ecuadorian shade wrapper and Ecuadorian mm-hmm. shade isn't going to be too powerful anyway so you have a kind of a mild wrapper on a mild Dominican and I, I don't want to give Dominican tobacco the wrong reputation here not but it tastes a certain way so you know bready graham cracker yeah. woody this it's so. it woody is the perfect word but it's not the perfect word because it's not woody like other woodies right are woody <laughs> I don't know or not. can you tell my vocabulary is falling a little short here today <laughs> It's okay. There are no rules. <laughs> it's our podcast. But yeah, it doesn't uh, taste like dank wood. This is like I, sapling wood. Fre- like maybe fresh. Yeah, fresh, young wood. I don't know. I mean, like, it's not often that I eat wood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it has a... Um, sometimes when I say woody, it has a fall leaf kind of sense to it right. as sort well. Right, like starting to rot yeah. or something. Yeah, and but that's this not, not a bad... Yeah, this isn't know. like that, though. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the retrohale really, you know, the first few, the first five minutes that we smoked this, I didn't retrohale. Now I just did, and it, it really put a nice 
it actually intensified the sweet. I'd almost just say basic, for now, basic like a light, just barely a light sugar sweetness in the back mm-hmm. of my mouth. But we'll, we'll see. We'll talk more about it as we Almost go. like a tanginess. Hadn't thought of tangy. I'll, I'll play around with that in my brain as, as we keep going. But um, as always, the world is turning, whether whether we want it to or not. Stuff's happening. It with is or without goodbye. Us. So, what's what's top of the top? Well, the debate's top of the news. Yeah. I don't know if we want to. Do we want to go into that? We can talk. We should talk about. It we should talk about that. Otherwise, we're irrelevant. Okay, right. <laughs> you're right. I mean, I, well, obviously, try to, try to be relevant without slipping into white noise. How's you're that? getting your news from us. You should probably get your news somewhere yeah. else. Come to us, and we'll tell you how to interpret the news. <laughs> uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, or at least we'll give you our interpretation. We'll make you think we know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's exactly right. So, um, any first comments on debates, Joe? I well, man. Okay, so I I didn't. I have to admit, full disclosure, I haven't seen any footage from the debate. I forgot it was last night. I got okay. busy. Whatever. Um, however, I have heard a couple people comment, and what from what I've heard, one, there was a complaint because the moderators gave them, like, only a minute to respond to every question. Good. Is what I heard? <laughs> well, it's fine, except that I think, I, I felt like personally, and this is where my opinion goes in, even having not seen it, but I don't think that's a good idea because you it makes it too safe for the candidates. Oh. They can just, like... They have a minute, and they just spout their talking points. There can't be enough back and forth, and there's not enough pressure on them if it's just a minute to, you know, to squeeze out something that that's in there. I felt like it, there needed to be more time, probably. But um, I heard that the moderators were interrupting all the time, saying, time's up, time's up, time's up. And that bothered some people, and it would bother me, too. Um, and they didn't allow too much room for responses and rebuttals and... They didn't let them get nasty. I think they wanted everybody to look kind of nice. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, and that, that might be... And I, again, I didn't watch it. I've only seen highlights, so I have to give the disclosure. But I uh, I was kind of surprised that I didn't hear about Warren and Sanders. Well, th- there's two sides to this coin. I was surprised that Warren and Sanders, I didn't. they didn't go head-to-head. But then after the fact, I thought, well, wait a minute. Is there any possibility of a Warren Sanders ticket? Surely, surely mm, not. Surely not. So. It would have to be. Yeah, that just wouldn't even. Work. I don't think she would because he's a white male. Yeah, I think it'd have to. Well, what about Biden, Warren? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if what if he spent some time on the beach, got a good tan, dyed his gray hair black? Yeah. Would that work? Started started talking to Bond. I don't know. I don't but know. I, that's, you know, that's honestly funny. though, I think when I think of the schemes of the Democratic Party. I think of Joe Biden. I think that he's going to be the one that they're going to try to push up, push up against Trump. In in like one sense. Yeah. In the other, in the other half of my th- so so okay. In the, along that train of thought, I think maybe the structure of one minute and one minute responses, not a lot of back and forth. And everybody was talking. I mean, I heard about thirty sound bites of commentators saying, "There's a lot of pressure on Biden. There's a lot of he's got to shine. There's it's all up to him tonight." You know. So obviously he was being forced into the spotlight for this debate, and I almost wonder if they formatted it so that he couldn't ramble on and put his foot in his mouth, because apparently that's what he really needed. He needed a good debate last night. I haven't really heard what, how he did. No, actually, I think Biden's tonight. Oh, Biden wasn't even on. No, last night. Biden wasn't on. It was. It'll be uh, Harris, Biden. Who? Who else? Buddha was Buttigieg on last night. I can't. I can't remember. Buttigieg. Whoa, 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 whoa. So wait. So who was on last night then? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. So they put like all the 
big big I dogs. think there's two. Of course, this is what we get for not paying attention to the news right. better. Yeah, we suck. I w- I'm really tempted to actually look it up. Look like, it up. Why don't you look it up like okay. like comment on, yeah, on Biden because I because I have an opinion of Biden and I, it's formed recently. I've always thought, well, I always thought the best bet for the Democrats were Biden until you suggested Warren, but I still think Biden's their best bet. I think Warren might have burned Biden might have might have shot herself in the foot already. Well, and here here's why I think Biden's best. And it's actually it's not a very nice thing to say about Biden, but he's moldable. I think he appears moderate to some people, but the party he will totally let the party mold him. And I think that's a bad thing that, to say about him. I think it's also bad for the Democratic Party because if the candidate's too moldable, you don't have anybody saying, wait, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, okay, yeah, that's who we are. That's do-. You know, you, you need to have a real humanness there to push back a little bit or you're just, there's no, there's no real power and energy behind your party. Worked for Obama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I mean, he was a nothing candidate. There, there's no. He went back and forth, took both sides of every issue. I almost wonder if that's what people want sometimes. Uh, maybe I. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I. I don't. I don't have a comment on that. But. Uh, but anyway, that's that's what I had to say about Biden. And I. Uh, um. It, it was funny to hear some people talk about the one lady that talked about crystals and stuff. I forgot what her name is. Ooh. But she's, it's almost like she's trying to raise everything to this higher spiritual, non-religious level of, of you know, we need, a, we, need a not, we need an amoral society, which philosophically is, it was a ridiculous thing to say. Right, right. And, uh, you know, because the, the whole point of having a society is that people are going to say, no, this this is societal actually, norms. Yeah, this is this is incorrect <laughs> for our country. It's oh it's my god, bad for our country to kill would, people. They would like that. It's bad for our country to lynch black people. You know those kind of things. Yeah, those it's are moral things. Kind of wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. a moral argument. So, okay, so I, I looked this up while you're talking here. Okay. So last night, apparently, was Steve Bullock, Pete Buttigieg, John Delaney, John Hickenlooper. Amy Klobuchar, Klobuchar, gosh, uh, Beto, O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke, Tim Ryan, Marianne Williamson, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. Yes. That was last night. Right. Tonight is supposed to be Cory Booker. No, Booker's the one I forgot. Booker Ju- Harris, Biden. Julian Castro. Oh. Kirst- Julian. Julian. Come on, you gringo. I know, right? <laughs> uh, actually, I wasn't... Yeah, anyway. Uh, Kirsten G- Gillibrand, Gillibrand, uh, Michael Bennett, Andrew Yang... Bill de Blasio, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. So a fly just landed on my touch screen, and it responded. Sorry, totally off topic. Hey, that's cool. That was really funny. <laughs> I didn't know a fly could activate we, uh, my iPhone. We had a touch screen at home on our computer. It's like a pretty pretty large screen for when we got it, uh-huh. and it was all touch screen. And I would be working on things... And I'd walk away to go get a cup of coffee or something. I'd come back, and flies would have, or you know, whatever little bugs get in the house, would 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 get on there and just like I'd have like these lines, and some stuff would be highlighted or deleted or whatever. That's funny. And so uh, I turned I turned it off. So now I have this huge screen that's like touch screen. I can't figure out how to turn it back on again. 
Oh no! I think I like deleted the driver or something. Oh silly, no, that's crazy. You know, this is not that that's even on topic at all. But yeah, did we even start the timer? Ah, oh, crap! We didn't. I got. I got to look see where we are so we we can. So anyway, we're at about fifteen minutes. So you read. So you you said where we are. So basically, you you said who was what. Yeah, who who was on yeah. tonight? Yeah. Okay, and versus last night. I, I was pretty sure there was two just like before. This is an absurd amount of candidates. I don't know how long I these know debates it is. are. It's crazy. So they're they're two and a half hours, but I think if you took out commercial time, I mean that's not even enough time for. I mean that's barely enough time to hear from them all. See, me being kind of a a hyper organizational person, which has advantages at times. Like I just want to ask everybody the same question. Yeah, at least for the first portion of it, everybody gets the same five questions. You get 30 seconds to answer each question, and then we can come back, and there's a little bit of freedom to be like, okay, who do we want to let argue, you know? And then have the moderators have the freedom to just to tear into them, but yeah. it, would t- it takes really good moderators to do that. Well, know? I mean, I don't know why you couldn't do it like the whole American Idol model, where you have people that have an app, that are watching at home on an app. Yeah. And you can just give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down on their answers. Okay? So, like, so you do exactly what you just said. Do we give them more time? Beep! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could do that. Or else you could just say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask everyone the same question. Whoever get the the five that get the highest scores on their highest positive scores on their answers are going to get a challenge question or a... A challenge thing where they can challenge another candidate or something. That that's kind of interesting too. That does that does though. That because of popularity, that means the least the the most popular will always get. Yeah. The, which, unless unless you can come on there and like hand it to them yeah. in the first response and get everybody going hoo ya, you know, like mm, and then. That's uh, true. Well, I I've always thought that hot mic versus versus off mic is the best way to handle a lot of stuff in media that nobody ever shuts people's mics off. Mm-hmm. I just think it should. I just think they should always do that. Okay, you're just spouting talking points. You're not answering my question. I'll give you one more chance. Here's thirty seconds. Your mic's on. And if they just start talking, spouting talking points, get your mic's off. That's just <laughs> your problem. You don't want to follow the rules. Don't. You're yeah. not going to answer the question. Don't answer. It. Don't waste my time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we're kind of having fun with our non-talk about the about the debate. So, um, you want to try to, without a whole lot of details, do you want to shift to something else? Yeah, might as well. Shooting was a pretty big thing. Yeah, it usually is when there is when there is one. How, do you remember how many people were hurt? Um, like eight or something? I don't. There was a handful. It was, you know, one of those one of those deals where, well, at least the thing I liked, and, and I guess this is this is what I my takeaway is: police engaged, Shot stop the, the shooter. Yeah. That's that's what's supposed to happen. Yep. So when, you know, when people start, you know, trying to push their political agenda based on America being an unsafe place, it's like, no, America's a safe place. Thank goodness. Yeah. Cops did their job, took care of this guy. Um, bad people do bad things. Yeah. We're going to do our best we can to protect people. Yeah, I would really like to know more information about this because, like, who goes into a garlic festival to shoot people? That's That's the weirdest thing. It's like, a garlic festival... Why not an oregano <laughs> festival? Really? I, I mean, I don't want to joke about it, but that's what happens. Yeah. Like, you, you you, you, try to... I mean, I wonder if there was somebody in there he hated or if he just was a crazy person. 
That sounds like he cut through a fence. They had security there, but he had cut through a fence uh, to get to get in there. Well, and here's that's a committed person. Like that's a motivated shooter. Sure, it is. And here's the other thing, though. Particularly, I don't. I didn't get the idea that this was like huge. I don't. I I don't actually know how big the garlic festival is. But I mean, you look around here at some of the community events we do around here. It's you. You just can't. There aren't financial resources. If you made every event crazy, militarily safe, surrounded, so no shooter could get in. Nobody would have events because they couldn't afford. You couldn't. Do you it. couldn't afford that. You, you can't do it completely yeah. if you're going to be in a in the public area. I mean, it, unless you're going to a secure location, which yeah. is a totally different. I don't know. Ball of wax. That's an interesting topic. I wonder if <clears throat> I wonder if anybody will start marketing secure locations for concerts. That'd well, stadiums. I mean, the stadium shows are pretty secure. I mean, you have to go through. And I and I understand that there was. Like a metal detector and everything you had to go through at this place, yeah. but somebody just got, got through the fence. around. Yeah. But, you know, some of them are more secure than others, certainly. Yeah. Well, and also, the there is a little bit of an illusion of safety that I think every person, including myself sometimes, just needs needs to realize that we have these assumptions that, thank God our country is so safe. But then sometimes we get in situations where we think we're safe, and it's like, you know, we're in a public place. An Anybody could walk in and put a gun to my head and pull a trigger yeah. anytime if they wanted to. And so uh, it's just that illusion I think we should at least on some level try to erase. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I live in a small town where it's less of an issue, I think. You yeah, know? you want people to feel safe. Uh, so I don't, I mean, uh, are you saying... That, I'm, I'm not saying okay. don't feel safe. I'm saying you you can feel safe and understand the reality of where you are, yeah. just be be aware, understand the tr- the reality of the situation, no matter yeah. where you are. I mean, I was uh, I was pretty what I would call on alert when Tracy and I. I think we were married. I don't think we were dating because we went we were traveling out to see my sister. I'm, I'm sure we were married because we I don't think we'd have traveled together if we weren't. We were taking the train, and I it was um, I think it was in Denver, so we might have been headed home, but a, a drunk guy came up and of course when a drunk when someone's obviously drunk actually I feel a little less threatened <laughs> you yeah. don't know what they're going to do it's more like I don't want them to touch my wife's butt I don't yeah. think they're going to knife her okay there's a certain set of yeah <laughs> you have if you know someone's intoxicated you know they're going to act a certain yeah their their brain is working in a certain way <laughs> they're going to respond in a certain way and I didn't realize how much of a ninja I appeared to my wife until after the fact but he comes up to like put his arm around her, and I'm just naturally, without thinking, just do this really soft, evasive move where I barely touch him, and I just kind of nudge her out of the way, and I kind of turn him, and he's, he's like, he's walking, so he's not super drunk, but he's drunk enough that he's like, he's like facing away from me, he's like, what just happened, you know, he's like, and he turns around, and, (laughs) you know, and then I real politely, you know, I don't know what I said exactly, real politely said, uh, hey, we... We just don't want to be bothered right now, and and uh, so he kind of <laughs> went his way. And my wife was like, "What did you just do? That was so awesome!" It's like I just I didn't, I, I you know it was so minor to me. Yeah. And uh, but to her, she felt safe, and it was like you, you don't know what somebody's going to do in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think that I mean, maybe this is a cheap shot, but I think I should say it, and that is that. 
as a Second Amendment advocate, mm-hmm. I think that something, these events like this where somebody goes in and just seemingly, meaninglessly shoots up a place is all the more reason why every able-bodied man that wants to and that can yeah. prove himself competent should be able to carry a gun concealed and just... it. Yeah. I mean, it, it could drastically reduce the damage. I mean, it sounds like this guy... It sounded like he had a rifle. I imagine it wasn't an AR-15 because we would have heard about it by now if it was an mm-hmm. AR-15. But you can pop off shots pretty quick with with many different types of rifles. So I don't know if the police got him any faster than a civilian would have if they if he would have been there and armed. But, you know, many hands make light work. I always I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of people carrying just for this reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree and and it's it, I I think there's still this attitude of oh there has to be a metal detector to make sure nobody brings guns in. Well, but I'm not sure that that's more safe. The idea is that that's somehow more safe. And I just I think that's ridiculous, and that's the kind of just the kind of things we're up against. Well, yeah, sometimes. it's not safe if you disarm all the good guys in the, right, in the crowd. Right. It's counterintuitive. Like you think that it's more safe, but no, it's actually less safe because there were a hundred guys there that would have normally had their firearms on them. That now they don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, let's uh, let's do a cigar update. We yeah, come back to this if, if, time. if if we want. But I'm I'm kind of like itching to do a cigar update. I am. I can't believe I'm saying this, kind of. It's surprising to me that I'm saying I really like the su- the sweetness and the subtlety of this. And I was kind of not expecting to. But I suppose I'm supposed to. Oh, I didn't I didn't say the price. Um, by the way, this is... Uh, it's 4 and 7 eighths inches long by 52 ring gauge in the middle. And it was a $17 cigar. So I would expect this better do something to wow me or yeah. I would never buy it again. Right, right. Um, and for a person that likes a little bolder cigar, I like the, the sweetness. That's There's not a lot happening, but the sweetness and that, what I would call woodiness, um, and a little bit of spice is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also obvious, that was, I'm sure that was a walnut dropping on the Probably. <laughs> but it's, um, um, but it's nice. That's, that's, it's not wowing me a lot, but it's, you know, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad we're smoking it. Yeah, for sure. It is. I, I am getting more. I guess we're in full update mode here. It is nutty. Nutty. That's woody, the thing I forgot. Woody nutty. Yeah. It's not oily, but it's not dry either. Yeah. Which is nice. It's clean on the palate. I think some. Uh, I'm interrupting you. Sorry. That's all right. Sometimes when you get a, a milder cigar, they can. I think getting them to not smoke dry is kind of kind of something that. You know, they, the rollers, the, the blenders need to do well. Because some of the lighter, medium-bodied ones will smoke a little dry, yeah. and this one isn't. Yeah. So, um, but go ahead if you got more to say. No, there's something I just tasted here. Uh... Mm. Well, I'm going to try to identify that nut, because you're right, it's nutty, and I didn't... Chestnut? Yeah. Something Christmassy to it. Mm. And chestnuts roasting <laughs> on an open cigar. I don't know. <laughs> I've never sang There's on the podcast something, before. That's the first time. I just thing. got a note that just like brought me right back to Christmas at my grandma's house. So I don't know what that is. but I've actually had chestnuts. For most of my life, I never had chestnuts. Like mm-hmm. In the last five years, I've had chestnuts. My wife made some weird, interesting, odd dish with chestnuts around Christmas time. And it did you right, apparently? Yeah, it was interesting. We, a little weird and good. So, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I might I might agree with that. I, that's maybe a chestnutty kind of taste. It's like there's real earthiness to chestnuts too. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm getting something. It's like I can't put my finger on it, but I might one of these times. Well, we're at the point where it's. We're, I'm not quite at the halfway point, but we're yeah, darn close. I, yeah, I'm going to be getting smaller here pretty soon. Yeah, it's so, not going to last very long. Yeah, it might not last the whole podcast. We'll see. But I'm um, pretty sure it won't. But we're into the point now where it's pretty much mostly filler mm-hmm. and binder. Uh, mostly filler. The binder and the wrapper aren't. The ratio isn't, isn't <coughs> too much right now. So, okay, we're going to talk more about guns at events, and I mean, I don't think there's more to. We've said that the illusion that it's safer when the good guys don't have their guns is, is kind of silly. It Well, I mean, yeah. It's not safer, but it is more dangerous when bad guys can get and carry guns easier. Yeah. So, because there's, there's good, good guys, and then there's guys that want to be good but turn out to be not so smart. <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. So it's, it's a two, it's, yeah, sure. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, but yep so alright that's a garlic garlic festival I, I, I love I love garlic I mean it's anyway so <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny I couldn't think of it so what do they do at a garlic festival I mean you, I would bet there are different just, types of garlic I, I bet there are different types or maybe some some garlic gar, I would just say it's garlic everything you know maybe you got buttered garlic roasted garlic garlic bacon kind of you know the the Bubba Gump thing from yeah Forest, yeah, yeah. yeah the list it'd of... be the that list only it would be instead of shrimp it would be garlic mm-hmm, boiled mm-hmm. garlic peeled garlic roasted garlic yeah, yeah. pureed garlic pickled garlic so uh, and and they're different I've I years ago I side by sided a fresh clove of garlic with some roasted garlic that my wife made just to just to taste how different they are like all of the harsh bite is taken out when you roast it really nicely mm. anyway sorry. We're not really talking. I hope people appreciate our podcast even when we talk about garlic. I am chasing this note, and I can't, it is driving me nuts. Well, good. Ah. Uh, anyway, so if I seem a little distant, well, that's what I'm trying to. You chase it. I'm trying to chase it down. Let me let me say this thing that I think was really important because it, it makes a point that I, I think sometimes I get wrapped up in podcasts, wrapped up in everything, and I want to talk about what's happening. I want to talk about what's better, and. Sometimes I think the average person, myself included, I don't think I'm necessarily above average um, in any means, but I think we forget that it is our senators and our congressmen's job to make the laws. I think we forget that. And when the media is out there complaining, 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 and they have a senator on, they have a congressman on, and the the senators and congressmen are complaining, 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 it's like, wait a minute, you're complaining about yourself. It's your job. Do it. Figure it out. Get it done. And it, and it came up because of um, an audio I heard on someone else's podcast where a Border Patrol agent was just getting chewed out by either a congressman or a senator. I think it was a senator. I don't remember who. Um, but there's, there's three or four of them out there. But this specific one just getting hammered by this politician. And he basically, once the politician was done talking, he said, look, I'm doing my job enforcing the law. If you don't like the laws, you fix it. That's your job. And it was just, for me, not only was I glad he said it, but I just realized, yeah, don't get wrapped up. Don't get caught up in the narrative of, is it right for this Border Patrol agent to do X? He's doing his job. That is the law. Get that congressman to change the law if it ain't right. Right. 
Um, yeah. Well, so. and there, okay, so there's a lot. There's a lot to say about this because I feel like what the what the Congress people have been doing, <clears throat> at least some of them, not not a majority. I think a few, a handful of bad ones. Okay, have been doing is pointing the negative energy not toward their colleagues, but toward law enforcement in general. And and I mean that's just what you said. I understand, but. What that does is it creates a hostile environment for law enforcement across the board. And that's, a, that's an extremely dangerous thing. That's an extremely, extremely dangerous thing. Of course, it lands close to home for me, but, but uh, it's just... It's, it's, the, the people are going... Stuff rolls downhill, right? So people are going to follow the example that these legislators offer. And if, and if they're... Man, they're just they're they're point they're pointing all that negative energy totally at the wrong people. You're right; they need to point it right back at themselves. Take some responsibility. Y- years ago, um, I realized at some point that I can't get mad at a cop for pulling me over, even if I don't like the particular law. If if maybe I think the speed limit's too slow in a given place, or or maybe there shouldn't be a stop sign there that I rolled through, or whatever. First of all, the idea of me thinking that... I always always challenge this because I tend to be a little bit of a rebellious person. So the fact that I would have the right to violate a law is something that always I remind myself I don't have the right to do that. But even then, getting mad at a cop that pulls me over for speeding, it's like I can't, I can't get mad at him. If I really didn't think that law was right, I can. I have a vote. I can, right. you know. I can get involved and try to change those policies. And sometimes it feels like government's so far off that you can't. But if you can't, maybe that's a lesson too. Maybe that's like, okay, shut up and drive this. You know, drive like you yeah. should drive and don't throw a fit about it. One thing that I do like about our system is that there are multiple layers of discretional protection between laws and the people. To a pure, to like a, a purist, that might sound like a negative thing, but I like it because, like, let's take a let's take a lesser known one first, and then we'll okay. go to the easier okay. ones. So, like, this will be a fun conversation. Yeah, I think so. So, so we have something in this country called jury nullification. Are you familiar with this? What this is? About? I think so. So essentially, if you are sat on a jury, or if you are if you are sat on a jury, if you were seated yeah. as a juror, I don't know how to properly say that but i'm not gonna challenge you your find, grammar <laughs> if you find yourself on a jury and you and your other the other 11 jurors on that jury um hear charges against this person that they uh <clears throat> okay you know like there there i had this book when i was a kid that had all these stupid outdated laws uh-huh. okay so there's a law in somewhere i think in new york that it's illegal to put a donkey in a bathtub mm-hmm. okay so this person put a donkey in a bathtub got arrested said i'm not I'm not going to pay the fine. I'm taking this to jury trial because this is stupid. And so then if if all the jurors say this is a dumb law, we clearly see yeah. that you obviously put a donkey in a bathtub, but we disagree with this law. We don't think you should be punished for it. They can they they can find you not guilty and nullify the law. Yeah, you're the one that's told you told me that a long and, time ago. Yeah. And now their courts like judges and prosecutors <clears throat> don't like juries to know about that. Yeah. Because they want to they want to whatever, but that is one layer of protection, of discretionary protection that we have, the people have from the government. There's tons of layers because we have discretion at the prosecutorial level. A prosecutor can choose to not prosecute or can choose to plea something down. 
Uh, if they feel like the the crime is the law is a dumb one, or that the crime the punishment doesn't fit the crime, or whatever, there's discretion there. There's discretion in the judges. There's discretion at the law enforcement level, where you know there are things that I know other cops have pulled people over for that I would never pull somebody over for, because I think it's dumb. I mean, like I heard the other day a guy got pulled over because he had a a bumper hitch, you know, a bumper on his pickup, uh-huh. and he had a ball stuck in that hole that's made to put a ball in to pull a trailer with, you know, like a oh, two-inch on his ball bumper. on the bumper. Uh-huh. And that ball was obstructing part of the license plate. Got pulled over for equipment, you know. And <clears throat> it's the law, yeah. but I'm glad that there's a, le- a layer of discretion, and it's a protection for us. Now... It can be abused, but I would I would hate the day, and I hope it never comes, when law enforcement is all done by drones or all done by some robots that never make mistakes. Because you take out that layer of discretion, and because there are so many laws that are that are made to put our society on like a make it flow right and to yeah. make it work right, they're not. I don't. I guess maybe I could get in trouble for saying this, but I don't think the law is meant to be... uh, In fact, I think I've been trained this, is that the law is not meant to be used in that way. Every, every, Every person punished to the fullest extent for every violation of every law, every time. It's just that that would cease... That would uh, nullify what the law is supposed to do. I... And so, this is going to be hard for me to respond to. I'm going to try try to do it. Because you know I'm I'm at least philosophically... A little bit opposed to that. Well, if the law exists, then it should exist for reason and not be enforced. I mean, well, I get that. Well, here's the thing. So the first, the first thing to say is there are too many laws. I think there should be less laws. Some, some uh, particularly little minor laws. I'm, I'm not sure if they should even exist. Um, like an example. I'm not sure that that bumper hitch law really matters. Well, it's it, it, it matters if your license plate is a license plate is obstructed. It matters to who. The person, that, okay, so like if I'm following somebody, this is just an example, okay. It matters that your license plate's obstructed because if if I get, if I see a car driving uh, erratically or something, and, or they violate the law, they're speeding, okay? If they speed, and I call in their license plate number as I'm about to pull them over, it really matters to know who's in that car. If it's a, a guy with five warrants, and he's out, he's escaped, and he's whatever... Or if it's just grandma on her way home from getting groceries, got a lead foot. See that to me, to me, as it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Otherwise, the, the if I can't know that information, then I'm going to have to approach every car as if it's the wanted felon with. Yeah, and I might I might <laughs> say the second option's better, but but that's until, not, but, until it's your wife and right, I come out with gun drawn. Right. <laughs> well, well, I'm not afraid. I I I would I would if those stupid laws uh, weren't there. Then, then everybody would expect that. Okay, that cop doesn't have a clue. He right. can't identify me. He, there's no license for him to look True. at. If there isn't no, then I actually think it would create a little better level of respect because it's like they don't know if I'm a criminal or not. I got to really be careful mm-hmm. here and just be real straightforward. I think that would be better. But that's that's not even where I'm headed. Yeah. Um, there there are too many laws. I do understand making it easier for law enforcement to do their job as long as we're not trampling on rights. got to be careful there. But the real point is, I think as far philosophically as a law, when there is a law, if we decide this is a law, it needs to be enforced to the letter of the law because if it's not, we won't actually know if it's a good law or a bad law. If it's only sort of enforced, 
then it's actually probably a bad law that should be changed slightly. Um, and if it's fully enforced and we say, whoa, that's kind of nuts, then we'll rewrite the law and fix it. Now, if there weren't a million laws out there to fix, it wouldn't be such an issue. So I would, I would say strip back, and this is my libertarian tendencies coming back, stripping back some of the laws. We don't need all these laws to say the ones that we do have matter, stick, stick to those. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think it would overall be better, but I'm, I'm probably admittedly 85% on that. Cause I, I can still see the other side of the argument. I'm not sure I could make a hard stance it's, today. It's the, the interesting thing about justice, the justice system in general is that it's, it's made to solve problems and, and <clears throat> It's really difficult to apply the law evenly everywhere because people are so different. And that might not seem fair in a perfect world, but there are some people that uh, have used up a lot of grace in the society, uh -huh. and there are some people that deserve a little grace in society. And <clears throat> that is for... That's where the, that's where the wiggle room in the law... Is nice sometimes, I think. I I would almost suggest, yeah, and, and again, this is getting a little complicated, but we, we yeah, got a couple it's minutes It's a complicated here. issue. So, um, so. I would almost suggest the grace needs to come on the other side of enforcing the law 100%. Enforce it 100%, then we'll find out if it's a good law. Then once we have all the results of enforcing that law 100% for the last six months, we can say, wait a minute. Here's the situations where it really wasn't quite right. And then you can, you're can you more likely to shift it or you might say, okay, this person did this and they were convicted of this, but maybe then they need a little grace with the discipline or the, or the punishment. Too late at that point. How many families are you going to destroy in that six-month period? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it gets hard. That's where it gets really difficult. Yeah. Okay, we're here early. But because this is a short stick, we, yeah. we better, we're a minute or two early. Let's go ahead and do our um, next update. And uh, I'm not sure I can identify that nuttiness yet, but if you if you have anything to say, no. No, I... You might have hit it with chestnut, though, really. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but... And it's kind of subsided a little bit, for, but there I for a minute, too. there for a minute, I was getting this, like, distinct... No, that was reminding me of Christmas at my grandmother's house, and I cannot think of what it was. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say chestnut, even if you're not sure. I, that's what I was getting. I actually think there's a little less of the nuttiness. I'm actually getting a hint of something I don't like, and it's a hint of ashiness. And it's one of those words that's funny to say when you're when you're smoking a cigar because right. duh, of course there's ash. But it's like there's a little bit of ashy taste that I find. Slightly unpleasant, but I'm not. It's not enough that I'm gonna thumb down the cigar. Okay. Okay. You saying that makes me wonder. At this particular grandma's house, grandpa had a wood burning stove in the basement. I'm wondering if that's what I'm relating. Sort of ashy. Sort of like there was always a sort of a, a fire residue smell. I don't know. So, the retrohale of this is pretty mild, by the way. I should mention that. Mm -hmm. um, I do think the retrohale still still livens up the the flavor a little bit. I think it's shifted a bit, though. It's uh, there's a little more spice in the back of my throat and probably a little less sweet. 
the woodiness is still riding, but I think it's been a it's a slight there's a slight shift that I can't identify. Um, I'm still calling it woody, but there's something else going on there. And maybe as as we start getting more wrapper burning, we'll taste some of that. Anything else? This nope. is this is supposed to be a fancy cigar. It, it's nice. Um, it, it really is. I guess if I was gonna if I was gonna smoke mild cigar. You know, it's it's horrible even to to, um, to to side by side these based on price, but there's a real inexpensive a Baccarat. Man, maybe we could smoke the Baccarat next week. I don't know if you remember, you've smoked them before. But a Baccarat is a pretty mild cigar and they actually have a slightly sweetened tip. Maybe maybe we'll pull it out next week. And just to kind of compare them. Just to kind of compare them to this one. <clears throat> even though we got three more Davidoffs because we're doing a kind of a collection of Davidoffs, but we might because this that would be a good thing to do soon after after this because this is supposed to be one of the better ones. Okay, so I just imagine offering somebody this cigar after dinner, after a fancy dinner at you know. It'd well, be nice. you know, and, and so, oh, I always correlate. By the way, I you, always you think do. of cigars in terms of after dinner. You do, and I I need to say this because this just breaks out of my mold a little bit. I actually think this would taste good with with a not not very buttery, just slightly buttery Chardonnay. Um, and I, I hardly ever think think those kind of things with cigars very often, but it's, this is light enough that sucking on a a light, uh, a slightly buttery Chardonnay um, I think would, would go really well together. It would make me feel elegant if I had, yeah, right? had a Chardonnay. <laughs> and I wonder, wonder if wonder if Hillary would kick back and smoke a Davidoff with me and oh, drink, drink some Chardonnay. Don't you invite know, me. No, well, the funny thing is, so politicians, and this is a totally another topic, which might be fun. Like politicians, I don't like. I wonder what it'd be like just to sit, sit down, you know, talk yeah. to them when they're when the media's not there and they don't have to spout off talking points. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could say, "Hey, Hillary, everybody knows you like Chardonnay. Hey, try this one. This is one of my favorites. This is a Wente Chardonnay." I didn't know Hillary liked Chardonnay. Yeah, there's been some there's been some some jokes about it and, and stuff in the media. It's, it, but anyway, um, and that also I and in my mind I have if you're if you're a snobby elite uh, leftist politician, probably a lady, but not necessarily. You're you're going to be drinking drinking Chardonnay and and rubbing shoulders with your constituents, <laughs> and then when you get really drunk, you'll be spilling your Chardonnay slightly <laughs> on your pretty dress. <laughs> anyway, so um, she called you know she called us deplorables. I can call her a yeah, that's right, snotty elitist Chardonnay drinker. Although I drink a Chardonnay with her, I suppose. Uh, anyway, we're kind of getting off off to the side here. Oh, that was interesting. I'm almost getting like a soap. Not in a bad way. It doesn't taste like soap on my mouth, but like the f the the mm. smell of it. Would it be a floral coming? coming yeah, through? like some kind of floral soap. Mine got mine cooled down as I bantered there for a minute. Mine cooled down. That made the taste different. I wonder. We haven't tried a lot of changing the the mm-hmm. draw to heat it up or cool it down. I'm cooling down now because I'm just getting down to the end of it. But uh, so I'm backing off my cadence quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, or the draw gets really hot. Huh. Well, cryptocurrency? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> virtual virtual uh, countries, virtual currency. 
There's some interesting stuff there that we, before we turned on the recording, we were kind of dancing around some stuff. And neither one of us are experts or know a whole lot about this, but the fact that you made that statement that you... Well, yeah, okay, so I guess we'll we'll go into it a little bit. We've got a little bit of time. So I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and I'm just going to give them a shout-out because I'd like to hear what other people have to say about it, but... It's uh, the Red Pilled America podcast, and it's it's. Uh, there's been a, some episodes that I really really love. They're very educational. Some episodes that I like the information, but didn't like the conclusions that they came out with or whatever. But um, they re- just released part one, so it's a two parter at least. I guess maybe it's a four parter. I don't know. But they released part one um, of a series of podcasts about crypto, cryptocurrency, and sort of. Is it bad? Because now I guess Trump came out against it, or he said he's not a fan of Bitcoin and all this stuff, different stuff. And I really just didn't realize the rich history, if you could call it that, that the whole cryptocurrency dark web has. I didn't know it'd been around so long. I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah, I think. I think if I remember right, they were saying that these ideas of cryptocurrency had been around since the '80s, and it would interest you, I think, Doug, to note that they came about by these crypto punks or whatever, that their goal was that most of them were um, anarcho-capitalists or libertarians who wanted to anonymize, they wanted to keep financial transactions completely anonymous. In other words, they wanted to be able to do electronic financial transactions, but they wanted to remove the middleman, like the banks or the Federal Reserve or or whatever, um, the gatekeepers. They wanted to have, like, like, I can hand a total stranger a $20 bill, like, if he has something I want, I can give him a $20 bill, and he can give me what I want, and we can go our separate ways and not even know each other's names. It's a completely anonymous mm-hmm. transaction. Up till now, or up till the, the, the blockchain and cryptocurrency, every single electronic transaction was had to be processed by a bank. So, <clears throat> it was these anarcho-capitalists and libertarians that sort of started this movement to anonymize data transfer... And money transfer. Interesting. Which, okay, like at the onset, I think we can agree, that sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. Because we're using a new technology, but we're still retaining the freedom that we had with the old technology, like barter system or cash, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, this is highly resisted by some very, very powerful people, because it takes control and all that... The, the plethora of information they gather on us when we make financial transactions through the internet, um, it takes some power away from them, or it takes all their power, power well, away. Well, tell me, and, and yeah, I, I don't want to slow down your process. Please, Remember where you're time. going. So who is it that you're saying has the power? Because there's, there's, I think there's more than one power head here. Yeah. I want to make sure you're... Sure there are. So, so you've got... You're talking about... First, I'm talking about banks. Okay. Secondly, I'm talking about like the multinational tech corporations. Yeah. Um, Thirdly, the government. The government. Okay, yeah. And okay. sometimes the, the lines cross between those three, obviously. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you got the Federal Reserve Bank, which is sort of like pseudo government. Yeah. It's not really a government entity, but yeah. anyway, we I think our views are kind of known about the Fed. But so, can I say a couple things yeah, about you? Please. Your, okay. Yeah. First of all, um, the I've said this before on our podcast. I believe that the fact that the taxation system in America is set up so that the government knows how much I make. That's bad. Plus, they actually take your money and then say, oh, wait, we took too much. Here, give it back. So they look like the good guy by giving yeah. some back, which it, they, it's none of their business how much I make. Now, taxes have to be done somehow. We're not getting into a conversation about taxes. But the idea 
that they have any business in what I spend and what I don't spend is silly. I agree the government spends X divided up between every person. Every person should pay the government, regardless of what you make. So that's, that's the first thing. They don't need to know what I make, what transactions I'm having, and I actually think it's a violation of a freedom at a real base level that I think is wrong, but it's just what we're used to, so we just keep doing it. The second thing is a little more crazy. Remember buying tokens at the video store to play video games? Mm -hmm. Well, that was not exactly... It's not cryptocurrency because it's actually hard currency, but you're... Instead of getting four quarters for a dollar, you get ten tokens for a dollar, so I get ten games instead of mm -hmm. playing four games for a buck. Well, if, if I still had five in my pocket... My mom came to pick me up. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go back down to the video, you know, in a week and play video games again. I just take it mm -hmm. home. Well, mm -hmm. I still have it. At that level, if my buddy Bob said, "Hey, uh, I got I got you a coke at the store. You got a buck? Well, no, but here I got these tokens. Right. Here, just take this token. It's it's money. Or if you have a chore, yeah, like breaking the leaves, yeah. and you don't want to do it, yeah. you've got these. You've got a yeah. Barter tool, Here, or take you've got a currency. To, yeah, which we always Exchange have anyway. Value. But people don't. Yeah. Nobody think. I don't think. Hey, see that womanized lumber there in that bucket, Joe? Take, take that home, and right. then then I I don't owe you for lunch yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, no, we don't think that way hardly anymore. Right now, I I would agree. I would concede a little bit if the government is printing money, and that's valuable to us as a society. That if I'm going to use that money. I am giving up a, some some of my right anyway. To use, is it called fiat currency or something anyway? To, to to use that money and so okay, maybe on some level I'd say that's all right. Yeah, if, I mean, if a, if a group of people says this is the currency mm -hmm. that we accept, then it's cool. I mean, unless you're England, in agreement. which case then the EU says yeah. no, you can't. Right? But, yeah, yeah. There's all these no. factions of whole, ideas. Whole, whole other thing there. I, I, not factions, fractals. That's Fract what I mean. Yeah, okay. You know, these little spin-offs, but. Anyway, so I just wanted to mention yeah. the tokens and then the, then the other thing. So it's really good to have our ideas of what money is and how it works. We need to have a good grasp on that as just productive people. But anyway, so where this is going basically is, and I've heard some people talk about the idea of virtual nations for years now. But oh yeah, that's kind of a scary thing. But that's kind of what I think we're going to. Uh, I guess maybe first I should note that. So there was this website. I'm sure you've heard of it, and I'm interested to hear what context you've heard of it. Have you ever heard of the website Silk Road? Um, I don't, maybe, but I don't know what it is. Okay, a handful, it, a handful of years ago, maybe like 10, I don't know, it's been a while, the website Silk Road was shut down, and mm -hmm. a bunch of people and a bunch of money got seized by the government because there were people that were using this dark web website and virtual currency to buy drugs on this website. <laughs> now, it turns out that Silk Road is actually a very well-moderated, very well a controlled community of people that were just all they were doing was a bunch of anonymized transactions online. It was a true uh, kind of you maybe could call it a virtual nation, but it really wasn't. A it was virtual just a, community. Of it was some an sort. online community yeah, of, some sort. of people that just wanted to. They were doing business. They had strict rules about what they would let in their community and what they wouldn't. And in fact, they had just launched an initiative um, to kind of guide people who were. One of the rules they had was that you couldn't buy or sell anything that would harm a third person. Now, there was a big movement on there like, well, marijuana, does that hurt anybody? So they were, I think there was a little bit of that going on. Okay. Um, and I, there were some other drugs being sold too, but there was actually an initiative by the community to say, this isn't really healthy, people are self-harming, and we're going we're gonna to help maybe like talk to people about that and, and push that. Well, um, 
other than that, though, this this Silk Road was was having tremendous success. It was catching fire. See, that, well, none of that sounds bad so far. Right. It yeah. sounds good. But yeah. see, the way it was painted in the news was that this was just an online terrible place where people bad guys were getting together and selling all these terrible things and black market this blah 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 so they shut it down mm-hmm. and there was a huge press campaign about how bad it was and how evil it was and the dark web mm-hmm. and virtual currency and untraceable and blah 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 and gave a huge black eye and really set back the whole thing huh. a long time hmm. um well how much time do we have left i think we're about up to we have Five, uh, four minutes. Okay. So, so we don't really have too much time, but I want to get to the Virtual Nations Okay, thing. get to that. So we were talking about, Doug and I were talking last week, and we were kind of scratching our heads about what we do about big tech, what we do about the idea that there isn't a lot of wiggle room for new startups and new things to happen because the gatekeepers are so strong. And, and they can lobby the government, which is part of it. Absolutely. They just that. got, they have so much power. So I was when I was listening to all this, I was like, aha, here it is. Here's the way that people can get out from under this, but here's here's the problem I think that it create if you have a group of people that abide by a, a set of laws and rules that they establish using a currency that they establish in uh, borders that they establish, you've got a nation. Okay, so okay. <laughs> here's the deal. I could how it, it like takes the idea of dual citizenship and really makes it complicated to me because I geographically live in a place uh-huh. that I'm subject to its laws and its uh-huh. currency and its ru- and its rules and regulations and borders sure. and now I belong to another nation that's inside this nation that's worldwide I, I don't know I think it raises a lot of crazy questions that unfortunately we don't have time to dig <laughs> well, into it today. we don't let's see if I can make a comment before yeah. we do it before we do a cigar close um, okay First, first responses just off the cuff are so what, and and the so what comes because it isn't a fit it, because it isn't a physical thing because it's a virtual nation. I say so what, because part of the government's job in protecting my rights involves prop physical property, my physical body involves all that. So when it becomes virtual, with, without giving it a whole lot of thought, I I, I think. So great, let let it go. In fact, you're, I have answers you're to right. these that I don't yeah, have time you, to. They won't have time to go, and, and I'd like to hear them. Maybe next <coughs> time we'll, we'll jump into this again. But it says I, I don't see a problem. Now maybe maybe there is, but I don't. I just don't think it. I don't think it matters. Right, and I, maybe I should just stop at that, and we'll 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 yeah. tell everybody what we should be tasting. Okay, in, yeah. In this cigar, go for it, and then we'll give our final comments. So we should expect. Warm notes, not cold notes, Joe, but warm notes of nuts, leather, pepper, and spices. I'm, would you call any of it leather? Mm, I'm not. I don't think so. If I reach, I can. But I think leather is like a more base. It's this is a higher order cigar than what I would expect leather from. Yeah, I just I I'm gonna say. I don't get the leather, but everything else is okay. The nuts, in fact, kudos to you for pointing out nuts, because I, I, I still think chestnuts is something I was tasting. Maybe there's other nuts going on there. The the pepper spice was was definitely there. There's definitely there's a floral note to this. Too. Yeah, and, and that's that. And I don't get I don't I don't detect it when it's there. I don't think floral in cigars because most of the cigars I smoke aren't right. floral, unless they've been infused. 
but there might be a floral note there that that, that I missed in it. So. This almost, I mean, it, it's so it's so floral and it's so distinct that it almost makes me think it's been infused with something, but it, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Well, and I wonder if the when we were trying to dis- distinguish the woodiness, where woody was kind of right but not quite right, I wonder if there's a floral note to the to the woody taste we're getting that we're that's confusing us a little. Yeah, I I think I would would agree with you on that, and I I've enjoyed this, and it's um, we didn't mention when the ash fell off, but a perfecto is going to hold the ash a long time because just of the, the shape. shape. It's just going to hold the ash. Mine didn't fall off to way past the midway point, which was interesting because we had this giant, I had this giant <laughs> ash three inches long. But um, I think all that we've said so far is uh, accurate. I would. I don't know that I ever got soap. It'd be interesting to smoke again well, and. Well, but you were you were trying. It wasn't. Maybe, maybe it, I think it was more of like a scent of a soap okay, than like it floral, was the actual yeah. soap. So that's where you got the floral. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, wasn't negative. Like when you think of tasting soap, you think ah, but it yeah. wasn't like that at all. So here's my final comment, and then you can offer yours, and we'll we'll call it a wrap. I don't think I might, for the fun of it, pay for this cigar one more time, just to try it and say. No, it's not worth seventeen dollars. <laughs> I don't. It's it's probably it's just super mellow, and the flavors are nice, and particularly the the flavors and the spice together. Because I'm not a guy that yeah. loves spice a lot, but this this worked really well. So uh, I'm gonna say because of the price tag, I probably wouldn't buy it again. But I enjoyed it for a mild scar. See, I'm gonna differ with you a little bit there mm-hmm. because I could totally see myself splurging on this. At a cigar shop because I wanted to seem hoity-toity. Didn't didn't want to smoke forever. Yeah. Just wanted something really nice and short. And when you're out with the guys, sometimes you get that top shelf whiskey, and sometimes you get the top shelf cigar. Yeah. So I could see myself. I mean, it would be a special night for sure. Yeah. But. I don't know that triple Maduro by Camacho though. But this is so much lighter. You it know, is. Sometimes is. you're not in the mood for a right. triple Maduro. That's right. That triple Maduro is way bolder <clears throat> than this. So if this is what you want, it's it's it's. it's the press nice says it's one of the best of the yeah, best. Yeah, it's great to get. So, well, that'll do it for today. We're, we'll we'll definitely revisit uh, yeah, virtual we'll, nations a lot and more cryptocurrency. To talk about with that. and uh, maybe we'll, and of course next week we'll have to talk about the debates that are going to happen tonight. And, yeah, and unpack some of that. See as if well. anything happens. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Doug and Joe Talk Talk.com. Talk to you next time.